This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast, the podcast that one long-term listener described as intelligent, balanced, and non-sensationalist villa discussion. So joining me to discuss whether, after just one win in six, it's time for Smith out, Mr. Chris Budd and Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello. Hello. It's very non-sensationalist tonight. <laughs> it's, going to be, it's going to be non-sensational as well. Well, I've got a new segment to uh, brighten up. Some may call it sensationalist, so uh, sorry, uh, dear listener who, who reviewed that show. So when we lose games, I'm going to ask this question. Feel free to uh, chime in. I mean, it's a team game, and we lose as a team. That, I mean, that goes without saying. But just this, this, just, this, this is one for the Twitter hordes. When we lose games, and I'm going to ask you this question. If you have to line up the first 11 and shoot one of them, who would you shoot? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, this is a non-sensationalist show. <laughs> any any takers? Lack of proactivity. I'm going to go with the manager tonight. Were we allowed to say that? They win as a team, they lose as yeah, a team. Yeah, I said first 11, they so. say. Right, I'm shooting Watkins. All right. <laughs> who are you? Who's shooting, bud? Um, who did? Who did? Who didn't stop the cross? Which cross? Exactly. Which cross. <laughs> Which side did they come from? The, was the Hurry cross? up! I'm going to go with Matty Cash. Oh, didn't stop the cross. I'm going to go with uh, Douglas Louise, who's a bit, a bit kind of anonymous at Oh, stages. actually, that's a better shout. I'm going to go with your Louise, actually. Anyway, that's uh, just proof that we're a non-sensationalist filler uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm David Michael, your host and editor of My Old Man Said com what did dean smith uh, mr dean one winning sixth uh, smith say uh, about this disbelief how we lost yeah, that one yeah we just gift wrapped it sorry this is just a match reaction if you want the proper show uh, listen to episode 133 where you get the fun, full context of a my own said podcast this is just a match reaction where we're still uh, in uh, to quote smith disbelief for how we lost that but uh, half time in match club match club is our uh, the my own said patrons uh, match day get together 
at halftime, I did say, uh, because we hadn't been clinical enough to put that game away and, uh, you know, at halftime we should have been maybe 2-3-0 up. There was a feeling that they may adopt that tempo that we had in uh, against Newcastle in the previous 90 minutes where the game was won and we just, it, there was a bit of complacency where you thought, well, you know, we're better than these, as Grealish said at the end of that Newcastle game. And we we should win that. And But you felt that if Burnley and... Burnley are always live in these situations, as we found out at Villa Park that time. We were 2 0 up and drew 2 all. So, how would Villa respond if Burnley got that equaliser and that happened? And then, when Villa, you know, pretty much hit, hit back straight away, and you thought, well, it should be game over here. But then, uh, obviously, it didn't pan out that way. Line up as expected McGinn straight in for Nakamba. No qualms about that. Uh, would you have been refreshing the pack? No, I probably wouldn't have refreshed the pack until I seen how the the first half went, or at least the first hour went. I mean, it might sound cliche to make the change at sixty minutes, but there's a reason for that. It's it's the time when you have there's still enough time left in the clock for whoever you bring on to make a difference. Yeah, uh, Chris, happy with the first half? Very. They were great. You know, other than, other than obviously some of the you know, the finishing, which was a little bit unlucky. You know, scored scored the first goal, really good move. There were some of the interplay was superb at times. Between Grealish, Barkley, there was one where I think Watkins flicked it around the back and brought in Matty Cash, who were um, actually both fullbacks in the first half bombed forward really well. Um, yeah. And they were kind of like the extra man. We, we managed to overload their fullbacks quite a bit. I think Jack, you know, we had, had a really good, well, a really good first half, had a really good game in general. Um, I, th- I thought once we moved the ball at pace, Burnley were there for the taking at the back and they didn't offer anything going forward. You, you just thought when they go in at halftime, A, how are we not home and dry? And if you're Burnley, you're probably thinking again, well, how are they not home and dry? And we're still in this. We're right in this if we get a chance. And Because there was one stat that was uh, nagging us at uh, the start of this, well, before the game kicked off, was we had 27 shots against them in uh, the previous time we played them this season. Yep. But when you were looking at, uh, as you were saying, Barkley, Grealish, uh, Troy as well, and Watkins, how they were linking up and playing, you actually thought this is a team now that can break teams down, even if those, you know, the opposition wants to set up and, uh, you know, in the two banks or, or whatever formation they're they're applying. But this is a team that should be able to break them down. But maybe we scored a, a little bit too early. I, I don't know, and, and we got complacent after that. I don't know what it was. It was. I mean, for starters, you have to give Sean Dyche a bit of credit. He's obviously given his team a bit of a, a bit of a bollocking at halftime. They've reshuffled. He's made the halftime change, um, and it's worked. You know, they've they've kind of lumped a ball into the box from a corner, and we've defended it appallingly. And I think as soon as they get the equaliser, they get their you know they get their, the wind in their sails, and I think the game changes at that point. I think you said in, in Match Club that Deitch would have gone in there at halftime and and told them you, you should have been dead and buried in this. So yeah, uh, they, they they almost they would have treated it almost like as just just try and win the second half, give yourself a chance. You never know, but they probably wouldn't have expected at that point to go on and win the game. It was just let's go out there and you know the first half's gone now. The fact that they they should have been dead and buried is is kind of makes that makes the defeat even worse. They stayed behind uh, a little while. I mean, you'd have seen uh, Sean Dyche jogging onto the pitch because they were running a bit late because obviously he'd distilled a new battle plan into them. Which ultimately worked. Yeah. You know, in the first half, they were they were, they were were going long, as you'd expect them to do, um, to Wood and Rodriguez. But it was that we were generally playing a higher line. It was like, well, we'll let them two run in because they've got no pace. Second half, we they almost forced forced us back. They pinned our fullbacks back a lot more. You know, it's you know, targeting cash. They didn't cross the halfway line anywhere near as much. Yeah. Second half. And then because of that, 
they managed to get the ball in the box. The amount of times we let them throw the ball into our penalty area, and, we, and I think Smith said in his post-match, we didn't do the simple things well, yeah. which we didn't. Phil, do you think we were we went for the kill enough in the first half after we were 1-0 up? Yeah, in, in the first half, I think we did. But Because I noticed uh, McGinn and Louise both held their position. Let's say when we were attacking and, and we had them on the back foot, they wouldn't, let's say, halfway between the edge of the 18 and, uh, and the halfway line. McGinn and Louise held their position. They didn't join in with uh, Grealish and Watkins. So Smith always had one eye of on being, uh, you know, defensively cautious, which is probably the balance, you know, that we've been talking about and Smith has been talking about. Mm-hmm. But I thought, mm, maybe if one of those kind of joined in there. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's something to say. But I mean, I, I really find it hard to criticise anything about the first half performance other than decision-making right, right at the very key moment each time. Um, when Watkins was put clean through against Pope, he got the ball sort of stuck on his feet. Um, Pope made the save, but he should never have been in a position to make that save. Then it comes out to Barkley, who had a hooked volley. I mean, he did really well to get anything on it, but could he have taken it down and made sure? I mean, it's it's these small margins that makes that yeah. game 2-0 in the first half and dead. Because yeah. when, when you see that uh, the Barkley chance uh, fr- from from that uh, Watkins opportunity, initially you think, oh, that, he, he's done really well. And you think, you know, maybe only he could have got that shot on. And then when you actually see the replay, you think, hey, he should have scored there if he managed to get over it like that. And it was it, it's more begging than it uh, appeared, I suppose, in the, the speed of it, how it happened. Then he, he did very well to kind of get over that to uh, yeah. the extent that he did. It's fine margins. But then, you know, Barkley, I think his influence faded in the second half. We lost the midfield, didn't we, in the second half? McGinn's influence faded. I think Louise ran out of steam. I think Barkley could. We just couldn't get our foot on the ball and play our game. You saw that actually when we did, we scored the second goal. Because their two switches, uh, I mean, their two switches were, you know, really to win that midfield battle and win the second ball. Yeah. And they proactively did that. Cork that came Yeah, we were just playing through them all through the first half. It was quite easy. You see, in the second half, they went high and high and wide down the sides, and yeah. you know, at work, that's where they got the first corner from. I mean, uh, Mings gets into a tussle with Wood. I mean, Mings could have seen it out for a throw-in instead of a corner, but they sort of get into like a like a posturing match, the two of them wrestling match, and it just mm-hmm. ends up going for a corner at the end. I mean, that that sort of tussle started about eighteen yards away from the byline. Yeah, uh, the first Burnley goal. It's the old zonal marking came into play again. Crap. I mean, how you can have, and it's, I mean, we're repeating ourselves here, but how, how you can have their main, like their biggest threats from a set piece. And I'm talking when I say biggest, literally, you know, tallest, strongest, and and not Mings or Konza is in their way. It, it, it still baffles me. I thought you, put, you always put your main centre backs on their main threats, and then the zonal thing can go around that. Especially from a floated corner. You've got time to react. And when and when he says floated corner, we know who took that. Absolutely, he who shall not be named. <laughs> but the cheap goal, I thought. Crap starts the second half, and as I said, as soon as, as soon as Burnley get the feeling we're, we're you know we're back in the game, let's start again. Um, you know their towels are up. Yeah. But then it's more criminal when you go up the other end. You get the second, you know, with about twenty minutes to go, and you're thinking, right. You know, I think Martinez had made the big, like a really big save, hadn't he, just before we scored? Um, yeah. And then you think, you know, with 20 minutes to go, you've got the lead. Now freshen it up, either to kill yeah. the game or change change the, the the flow of the game. I mean, Grealish's goal was on the 68th minute, and I'm surprised there was no subs made until well, like eight, eight minutes to go. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the goal. It was that was like maybe the first uh, almost like mirror reflection of the, how we were playing football in the in the first half yep 
quick, incisive passing, played through him. Really good move. Jack starts it, finishes it. It's a really good team goal. Yeah. And then after that, the only person who was playing to their levels of the first half was probably Grealish. And I think I said in Match Club, the problem is when when Grealish has got his teammates, and I'm talking about Barkley and Truro and Watkins, playing on his same level, that gives you a better Grealish. But when Grealish suddenly feels like he's got to shoulder the whole attacking intent, the whole team, and because he plays with heart and he'll go to the end, he then... He gets a bit more frustrated and a bit more desperate, and he starts. You know, we, you know, there was like a minute to go or two minutes to go in injury time, and he's picking the ball up on off his own eighteen yard box and starting to dribble. And you're thinking that is not effective. That's that's not efficient. That's not how you play last ditch football. But you're thinking that's because I think he just gave up on everybody. Yeah, it's probably one of the more frustrating games that I've or frustrating halves that I've ever seen. Because, I mean, the, it's such a contrast from the first half to the second that do you give credit to Burnley? I mean, they, they did change their game plan, but, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. You knew what way they were going to do. I mean, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't take a, you know, a tactical master plan from Pep to get the ball and lump it into the box where you have tall players in there. I mean, it, it should have been easily defended against. Yeah, and, and, you know, they scored their last... There was still 11, you know, let's say quarter of an hour to go, including injury time. It's not as if uh, it was like a last-ditch smash and grab. Did we tire... But you know, if we're tiring, then some, you know, surely uh, Smith and his coaches should uh, see that. I mean, I was surprised that maybe Nakamba didn't come on to break it up a little bit more, and uh, you know, as they were doing, win that second ball and just you know, just win the tussle and and to, you know, stop them pumping in balls from them on the, the sidelines of the midfield. We just, I think, I think because we, and it's it's natural, you know, when you go in at half time and you've played the way you has the way you have, you kind of go, well, more of the same, please, which would is the natural reaction. But you surely would know as well that Sean Dyche is tactically aware enough that he's going to switch things up. They are going to give you a different challenge when they've, you know, whatever Burnley's plan A has gone so catastrophically wrong in the first half. Yeah. Um, and, and, and surely Smith would say that to the players. They'll know they shouldn't be in this game. You've, you've actually let them in it before we've even kicked a ball in the second half, the fact that you give gift them a goal within what was it about five minutes of the restart, you know, then it's game on from that point. And Burnley have shown, you know, they've gone to Anfield and got a win against, let's be honest, a weakened Liverpool team, but they've gone somewhere where nobody has won. And was it two and a bit years? Well, um, long, longer than yeah, that. Yes, even longer. Um, like four, I think. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, they've they've got it in them. They've shown this numerous times down the years that if you let them into a game, they can bully you, and they did. They bullied us. I mean, this whole disbelief thing, uh, from a Burnley point of view, I don't, I don't see disbelief because they've done it to us before in terms of getting, you know, from 2-0 down to, and, and, we've, and coming we've back. Done it to, and we've done it to ourselves in, enough times. Yeah, so there's no real disbelief from that. It's just it's more disappointment and frustration that we've allowed it to uh, happen again. It's very much, very much a missed, missed opportunity. I mean, that, that's, that one game... Whoever who knows where we'll finish at the end of the season, but that one game is the one that if we finish somewhere where we think we shouldn't, that it'll, I'll look back at that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was looking at the table before the game, and you know, you, you start daydreaming about what's going to happen, and and I was thinking we need this to stay in touch with like the let's say the top five, top six. If you're harboring any hopes of uh, Europe, the logical thing is well, you know, last season we were you know we were on the last day in terms of staying up, and we you know we survived by one point. We've seen it all before. How that, how a 
how that kind of surviving relegation can be a dramatic transitional season. I mean, you know, Leicester City, for God's sake, won it, won the league on the back of one. But you've you've seen how Villa can play and how they have been playing and what the stakes are, you know, to keep Grealish and to uh, keep thriving. And the way we've dispatched teams and beaten teams, uh, perhaps when we shouldn't have got points, like dug in against the Wolves and Leicester, wiped the floor with Arsenal and Liverpool. And you're thinking, this, you know, this is, is strike now time. It's no like, it's no good making any excuses and saying, well, we, you know, we almost got relegated last season, so mid-table's progression. There's, a, there's an opportunity knocks now while we're still under the radar. We're still not taken that seriously. So when I was looking at that league table, I thought, yeah, we, if we win today, we stay in touch. We probably have a game in hand as well to stay amongst it. But now I'm thinking this is kind of looking like a mid-table season. Well, all of a sudden you've got home games you know, upcoming against West Ham, which is big. You're going to have to play Everton soon, Tottenham, all these teams who are in amongst it. Arsenal are going to be right in amongst us. Chelsea are going to be right in amongst us. All of a sudden, we're going to have to get our shit together at Villa Park because you can yeah. if you can beat these teams in the return games at Villa Park, you stand a chance, but we're not getting the results in the games really where we've set the bar that we should be. And that's the that's the frustrating thing. I've said it. I've said it again. I think home and away. It's it doesn't really matter uh, due to no no crowds. It's you can't it's more really just the, the caliber on paper. The on that. You know the the fact that we've dropped points at West Ham somehow. We dropped the points against Burnley at home. That's one point from six I might add against Burnley. Dropped points against Brighton at home. It, it it just it takes a little bit of the sheen off what has already been you know, a really good season. So many positives, and we've waxed lyrical on numerous occasions about pretty much every individual in the team and the team as a whole. But there's this collective ability to shoot ourselves in the foot that we've still got. If Burnley came out and scored a wonder goal, you'd go, "Wow, we couldn't do anything against this." And we say this in most pods. It's like, no, you say get, it. Go and, you say go it in get, most pods. <laughs> go and get beaten by a better team. Don't One of your cliches. Don't, yeah, don't gift wrap games for teams. Smith says every game it's hard enough to win games in this league. Well, don't don't gift them it then. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, you'd have been disappointed in this game if you would walk away with a point. So that's why uh, there's a special uh, frustration in this because we actually 
literally threw it away. Yeah, Pope was given in some quarters man of the match, but I thought he didn't have any spectacular saves to make. A lot of it was straight down his throat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I said there, Pope, for most of those amazing saves Pope made, he didn't need his arms because it hit him in the chest, it hit him in the throat, you know, like that there. A, a good position. And he, you know, he's, he's an international goalkeeper. We shouldn't be expecting him to throw one into the net. I mean, the, the two goals were scored. He had no chance because there were tap-ins. That was what we needed to do. That was the way we needed to break Burnley down, work the ball in the position, and very much like Man City, play that ball across the box and just tap it in. Yeah. Uh, free... Free kicks. We're still struggling for the uh, the guy who can score direct free kicks. Who uh, such a guy scored a direct free kick for Swansea? Uh, just just drop that one in. Well done, Connor. But that leads me to the bench and uh, how we reacted to this situation that transpired in front of us. And there is that glare. Well, in my book, anyway, that glaring deficiency. And said we. In, in terms of we can't bring on a striker, a, a recognised goal scorer. Should I rephrase it? In the last ten minutes, at least. But you know, just throwing on Al Ghazi and Trezeguet, I, you didn't feel like it was going to do anything. I don't. I don't think we're built to chase games. We can nick a game. It's different, isn't it? You know, like the way we won at Leicester and and Wolves, etc. But we're not built to chase. I don't think. Yeah. You know, our record. Our record. Our record this season when we go behind is not amazing. Yeah, and funny you mention that because that was the first time we have uh, not won a game when we've t- scored the first goal. Yeah. What positive can you take away from that game? Apart, I mean, most people on social media will always say, "Oh, well, you know, look at last season." But I'm not interested in last season. I'm interested in the here we've, and we've, now. We've set the we've set the bar high now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm like Smith. I, I, there's no positives I take out of that game. He said there's no pluses to take from that. It's just it's a it's like a missed penalty to win a game. It's just it's catastrophic the way that you you lose this game. And people will say, "Oh, get some perspective when we lose." I mean, the main thing we need to do is. As a fan base, is get some perspective when we win as well because we're going out there, we're beating a Newcastle team that barely can kick a ball, and we think we're going to win the league again. And we're all guilty of it, especially when it's, we score a really good goal. I mean, if we'd have kept the performance up that we did in the first half and and countered a three four nil win, then you know, plaudits go on. But we just took our foot off the gas, whether it was physically or mentally, and we paid the price for it against a team that just knew what they were doing. I mean, you could just say, as soon as Ben Mee scored that goal, like we said before, their whole attitude, they changed. They said, right, this, this is there for the taking now. They smell blood. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing I, I mentioned it uh, before in terms of like the wider world, uh, the, the football media taking us seriously as a, as a team. I think we needed to beat Chelsea or Manchester City or Manchester United over that uh the start of the well the end of the last year the start of this year over that period like a real scalp because at the moment it's like oh i like watching villa you know i like it when i'm the pundit on villa games because you know they're entertaining it's not taken as seriously as a winning entity and uh this is something we've we've kind of got that get into our mentality i think you said phil uh you know half time uh if we're playing you know southampton or whoever uh, whoever and we're one nil up you know it, it should be looking every player in the eye and saying that's not do what we did against Burnley. Yeah, I mean that's if you're if we're trying to get positive this the so far this season we've done what we didn't do last season. We've learned from our lessons, we've learned from our mistakes. So this this is a particularly gotten one because I think it's just even worse than the West Ham one. But uh if we learn from it, then maybe we'll look back at the end of the season and say, Oh remember the Burnley game. Remember both Burnley games and didn't turn out too bad in the end. Yeah, the difference with this game is we are we ha- we haven't got anybody to blame. We haven't got a referee or VAR or anything. We we can only blame ourselves uh, on in in on what happened. At the end and, was, in, was... and, in, and indeed, there's there's no there's no one individual 
at, at fault for the goals, you know, obviously other than our joking at the intro, but the reality is it's not individual errors that have cost us. These are bad team goals, aren't they? All three were poor collective goals. Yeah. Right. Uh, anything to finish on? Just take it on the chin. Maybe look forward to seeing uh, Mr. Sampson down at St. Mary's, but, um, you know, ultimately, as, as I sort of jokingly said, it's it's still one win in six and you do need to just be conscious of keeping your momentum going because there's such a big opportunity to be had if Villa can with these games in hand. If you win those games in hand, you can push on, not play catch-up with the game in hand. Yeah, Right, to uh, to wind this uh, match reaction up, as I said, if you want to listen to the full show, uh, episode 133 is the last one. Uh, it came out a couple of days ago. Uh, just to end off on a, on a different note, uh, very quickly, uh, in January I found myself in a, in a Tesco's and I, and I picked up a football quiz for £1.50. It was reduced, super reduced in the sale. Basically a box of cards with questions on them. So uh, as we end the show, I'm just going to ask you to pick a topic. Uh, we'll go Chris Bud first. There's four categories. Premier League, throwback football, world stage, or general knowledge? Premier League. Do you want the top card or do you want me to shuffle? Ooh, <laughs> shuffle, please. Right, I'm just going to sh- shuffle the top, uh, the top section. Right. I don't know. This could be easy or it could be uh, hellish. We'll we'll see. Ooh. Who is the top goal-scoring Asian player in Premier League history? Shin Min Song, I thought. Oh, he's got it. He's got it. Boom! Boom. Phil, pound fifty quiz. General knowledge, world stage, throwback football or Premier League? No, I'll go world stage to mix it up. Global. Which sports brand manufactured the 2020 UEFA Euros match ball? I hope that's not the tapping of keys I can hear. No. A... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, hurry up. It's, it's... Uh, Adidas. Correct. Fucking hell, this is fantastic. We'll go one more round. Why not? All right. Chris Bud, throwback football, Premier League, general knowledge, or world stage? Uh, throwback football. Which two international teams did Sir Matt Busby manage while he was Manchester United manager? Ooh, trick question. If you get this, you'll be you'll be the man. <laughs> Which two team, two international teams did Sir Matt Busby Sir manage Matt Busby. while he was Manchester United manager? So I've got no idea. It goes over to Phil Shaw, who's been furious, <laughs> furiously googling away. Yeah. No, not even. I just. I was just laughing. I didn't think it was going to come over to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the answer is uh, maybe some listener got it. Great Britain oh, God. in 1948. Was that some kind of Olympic jive? And uh, Scotland in 1958. All right. Phil Shaw, you're not allowed to have the previous c- category that you chose. So general knowledge, throwback football or Premier League? I'll go Premier League. Oh, you got an easy one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ex-Manchester United City and West Ham manager Manuel Pellegrini hails from which nation? Chile. Correct. <laughs> right, we could go on all night. What, do you want another round or shall we call it quits? Uh, one more round, go on then. We'll go one more round. <laughs> all right, <laughs> one more round. Chris Bird, uh, what haven't you chosen? You haven't had world stage or general knowledge? Go general knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go with us, see what happens. In what year... Was Bobby Charlton knighted? Sir Bobby. Yeah. Give you a clue. It was in the 90s. I was going to say it was 90s. Uh, I'm going to go 98. Oh, 94. Uh, Phil Shaw, this to win the title of Quiz Grandmaster. What have you got left? Uh, you did Premier League last time. You had World Stage. It's throwback football or general knowledge. 
I'll go general knowledge. General knowledge, the blue ones. In the £1.50 quiz, this is to win it. Ooh, interesting. Sammy the Shrimp is the team mascot for which football club? No Googling. Portsmouth. Oh, Southend United. Oh, fuck me. We're going to have to have a tiebreaker, aren't we? Go on, then. Last round, so the one you didn't have. What didn't you have last time? World stage? I think Phil had world stage, didn't he? Yeah, you haven't had it, though. Okay. I'm just. This is just for you. We'll just oh, one more okay. round. Ah, oh, you jammy bastard. I, I should draw another one, really. Which country hosted the 1996 U- UEFA Euros? <laughs> <laughs> England. Oh, congratulations. It's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> Do you want an alternate question? Yeah, option? give me another one. That was a gimme, wasn't it? Yeah. No, that's even easier. Fucking world stage. Load of bollocks. It can't get easier than that. Don't know. You'd be surprised. surprised. Who was England's manager in the 1996 UEFA Euros <laughs> campaign? Good lord. <laughs> Come on, why do you insult us? All right, let's go for this one. I remember this one. Which na- This is world stage. Which nation knocked Portugal out in the 2004 UEFA Euros? It was Greece. Correct. Very good. Uh, last one for Phil Shaw needs to get this or else we'll be uh, well if he gets it we'll be here all night <laughs> what, what have you got left general knowledge world stage you've done world stage you did Premier League I think of throwback yeah throwback yeah let's juggle these oh, easy one who became the first British team to win the European Cup Celtic correct what year for bonus points 67 Correct. Should we call, we'll call it a draw. We'll call it a we'll night. Good it. effort by all. A good draw. That's what Villa should have got at least tonight. A good draw in the £1.50 football quiz. Right. Thank you very much for listening and joining us. And we look forward to uh, the next show when we go to, uh, it's not the Dell anymore, is it? It's St. Mary's on the southern coast. So until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.